0: Uh, As you've heard on the news today, Pope Francis uh, was in uh, Lac-Saint-Anne tonight. Uh, He delivered his homily there by saying hello in Cree, Blackfoot, and Dakota. told the crowd, we are all pilgrims on a journey. Uh, Earlier on the second full day of this six-day trip, he presided over an hour-long public mass at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. He spoke about the importance of grandparents and the elderly as thousands gathered a day after the pontiff apologized for the Roman Catholic Church's role in residential schools. Francis actually began the service doing something he doesn't do all that o- often, he uh, spoke in English. Peace mm-hmm. be with you and with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I
1: confess
0: Now, the reaction to the apology continued to flood in today as well, including from the former head of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, Murray Sinclair, in a statement he said that, quote, it left a deep hole in the acknowledgement of the full role of the church in the residential school system by placing blame on individual members of the church. It was more than the work of a few bad actors, he says. Joining me now is Mark McGowan. He's a professor of history and Celtic studies at St. Michael's College at the University of Toronto. Thanks so much for your time.
1: Oh, very, very pleased to be here, man.
0: So, I'm thinking back to papal visits of the past, John Paul, you know, John Paul II specifically. Uh, this seems like a like a slightly different approach to a papal visit, to this country at least. Uh, how do you see it?
1: Yeah, you have visits that are state visits, and you have visits that are pastoral visits, uh, and I'm, I'm recalling the, the return trip of John Paul II to make sure that he saw Indigenous peoples at Uh, Fort Simpson back in the late 80s. Uh, This one is a penitential pilgrimage, which is is something different. But with Francis, you always expect surprises. But I think he internalized quite deeply what he heard. And he did a lot of listening in December when uh, First Nations, uh, Métis and Inuit peoples uh, went to Rome, presented their case to him, he listened, and uh, by his words uh, at uh, uh, yesterday, he certainly was he deeply internalized these, and I think uh, that was reflected in the whole idea of a penitential pilgrimage. That is, he had to respond to the request to come, I, I think, in his own conscience and for the good of all of the church, to indigenous territory. To make the apology where words would fit in an appropriate context, and to make the uh, the, the apology directly to uh, Indigenous peoples and particularly victims of uh, of the Indian residential school system, of which Catholics had direction of about sixty percent of those schools in Canada. Um, and what's interesting about that is that you know. In, in Catholic terms, you know, something penitential, you know, begins with an apology and a begging of forgiveness, uh, with absolution, but doesn't end there. There's that whole penance that must be done afterwards. And I see that yesterday was the first step. And that was the begging of forgiveness and the apology. I think, in, in some ways, um, The the absolution is going to be a long process as well. But the penance begins with the entire Canadian church taking responsibility and now beginning um, meaningful, concrete or continuing meaningful, concrete acts uh, of reconciliation, which begins, of course, with the uh, uncovering of truth. So this is a very, very different uh, papal visit, both to Canada uh, and elsewhere. I mean, it's a... Uh, This is a deeply spiritual uh, uh, journey by a man who has certainly taken uh, the words of Indigenous peoples to heart and and in in many ways has tried to empathize with with the pain uh, and and has tried to deliver a message. And the message yesterday was really quite clear, uh, at least within the context of the pastoral head uh, of a church coming and saying um, this was catastrophic for indigenous peoples. Uh, this was um, destructive of ways of life and culture and language and spirituality. And this was also evil. And I mean, these are strong, unequivocal words uh, that that uh, were part of that begging of forgiveness yesterday.
0: So different, I mean, yeah. To put that into perspective, these are not words you often hear from, from the Pope, from the pontiff.
1: Not often. I mean, John Paul II uh, in the years leading up to the Jubilee year in 2000 um, made similar statements about other uh, events within church history. Um, But this I think is a a profound statement, not only of uh, the atrocity that took place, but the deep sorrow that uh, this man feels and many of us settler colonial Catholics Mm -hmm. feel uh, about what happened uh, in this country.
0: There has been some criticism again today. Uh, Murray Sinclair, the head of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, has come out and said, you know, while this was a personal apology, it hasn't gone far enough to apologize uh, for the institution itself. What What are the parameters there? How should we be reading into this about what he can and cannot say, or do, will and will not say, better yet?
1: Yeah, well, there's a, this is a very complicated issue, and, uh, and it has many levels. First, you, you could take this, Apology at face value. This is a, a sick man who's already given up another travel this past month to to do this. But I've already indicated that you know he was compelled personally to do it, uh, as were others. Um, so you could take this at face value as an apology. I listened to uh, 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 Phil Fontaine yesterday, who who, who ac- accepted it at at face value. But there's also you know a theological reasoning as to why he may have parsed words um, that. Uh, church is not seen theologically now as institutional necessarily. It's people of God coming out of the second Vatican council and there are saints and there are sinners and the people of God. And he, he pinpointed uh, those who, who were perpetrators uh, of this evil. Um, And there's also the legal uh, aspect of it. Now remember, and it's interesting, he went off script last night once uh, at uh, the Sacred Heart Church of First Nations. And what he said there was he'd like to thank the Canadian bishops for all they did in prepare. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of this is prompted and scripted by the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. And so there are legal matters that, that, that rise. And this is where it really gets complicated because initially, after Kamloops uh, and the Saskatchewan cases of uh, unmarked uh, uh, child graves, um, there was a, a hiding of some bishops in Canada behind the thickets of legalism. Well, there is no such thing legally as the Catholic Church in Canada as an institution. And so each legal entity, a religious order, a diocese has to take accountability. Um, That could be at play here as well. Um, And I think there's a fear uh, on behalf of some of the the leaders in the country that uh, if if things uh, worsened, went to court, Uh, that there could be a spillover effect from one entity to another. Case in point, Ben, recently um, the Archdiocese of St. John's uh, was pinpointed by the Supreme Court of Canada as having to do reparations uh, to the victims of child sexual abuse at Mount Cashel, even though that was an entity that was run by the Christian Brothers of Ireland. They no longer uh, had, uh, had the resources to pay reparations. So currently the Archdiocese of St. John's is selling off property in order to to pay the the reparations that are due to these victims. Absolutely. But ironically, it includes the Basilica Cathedral in, in, in St. John's. So I think it could be a combination of all these things as to why words are parsed. It's clear that this was heavily scripted in some ways, but Francis never allows to be consumed completely by script, and you could tell his personal passion, his personal pain coming out of it, but I think the Canadian church faces a complicated series of of legal questions, and I think you take the theological, the legal, and the face value, it could be all of the above. Um, I don't fully understand Why? Because I wasn't behind the scenes. I must admit, Uh, I don't travel in those circles. But I mean, as as an analyst of things ecclesial and historical, you can see a number of balls in play here.
0: Speaking with Mark McGowan, he's a professor of history and Celtic studies at St. Michael's College at the University of Toronto. We're talking about uh, the Pope's visit to Canada, continued today in Edmonton with a mass in front of 65,000 people at Commonwealth Stadium and will continue uh, tomorrow as well. He heads to Quebec and then to Nunavut uh, as he completes this trip. One, of course, a uh, pilgrimage of penance, as it's been called by uh, Francis himself. And when we come back, we'll talk briefly just about what we'll see from the rest of, um, of his trip here. So much of it was focused on the first few days uh, because a lot of the big events were in the first few days. We'll talk a bit about what comes up next after this. My guest this half hour is Mark McGowan. He's a professor of history and Celtic studies at St. Michael's College at the University of Toronto. We're talking about uh, the Pope's visit here, uh, continuing uh, into Quebec and Nunavut after this. What do you expect to see? Will there be a change of tone at all, do you think, as he heads, uh, heads away from these, this opening few days where so much of the focus was on reconciliation?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, I can't predict... what will will take place because I've said before publicly that Francis is the Pope of surprises. I think he has been limited uh, somewhat by his his physical ailments uh, this time. Um, But what you can see if you, and I've watched all of the events thus far fairly carefully, um, there seems to be a development from the apology itself, um, uh, which will take some time for people to work out, I'm sure. and then at the mass today uh, in Edmonton at Commonwealth Stadium, um, it was very perplexing uh, looking at it because it seemed to be almost scripted in in a way that ignored some of the essential indigenous elements, which really have been part of a growing change in Canadian. Catholic uh, expression uh, of even liturgy with indigenous peoples. I mean, the Jesuits, you know, have pioneered this. And I was surprised that there weren't more indigenous elements because they have been part of ceremony and ritual and the mass prior to this. Um, And right down to Latin, um, that's a head scratcher. Although when you listen to the words of the homily, which were based on the readings today It was the Feast of St. Anne and St. Joachim, um, the grandparents of Jesus, the the parents of Mary, Um, the focus on and the use of the word elder over and over again, I think is a way in which Francis was communicating a push forward um, to listen to the elders, to respect the elders. And there was implied even within the homily that the church hadn't done this and that the church had really disrespected those traditions. He finally says it more explicitly towards the end of the homily, but he really takes uh, a knock at traditionalism. Uh, He takes a knock at uh, what we would call, I would think now, the cult of of success. Um, He takes a knock at uh, uh, profits over people, and really the homily, was the one highlight of, 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 of the mass in terms of seeing him move now from the apology into, okay, where does a church in Canada as people of God, laity, religious, bishops, um, and this was, of course, the mass that represented many cultures, including Indigenous culture, that the majority. How do we move forward? Um, he didn't provide, uh, you know, hard details. But his job really is to, to provide what I would consider theoretical frameworks. Uh,
0: having covered the resignation of the previous Pope Benedict um, and, and watching Francis on this trip, it's, it's hard to imagine he'll ever return. Uh, is there enough momentum built now by, by Francis to ha- see this work continue as is uh, into, into his successor?
1: I think really um, the ball is now in our court as church in Canada. And that's not something to be left to the bishops alone. That's something that every parish, you mentioned it last night at Sacred Heart, that every parish uh, has to endeavor uh, uh, its own efforts in in, uh, reconciliation. It means that we have to uh, open up uh, the archives that are still closed. Now, I mean, one of the the myths out there is that the archives generally are closed. Actually, the major religious orders have actually turned over their papers. Oblates, for example, their papers are at the uh, the uh, provincial archives of Alberta. I mean, there are privacy issues that uh, individual religious orders are trying to work through. Sisters of Saint Anne being one of them. I think that's one of the major areas where settler Catholics in Canada can be of assistance is, is pushing government to, first of all, release the records they haven't released uh, and uh, for uh, individual entities to make sure that there's a, a transparency there because most of the records actually lie here. They don't lie in the Archivio Secreto Vaticano. They they really are here. So it'll be really important that that we in Canada Uh, uh, take initiatives uh, both in seeking out the truth, as he directed yesterday uh, in his initial uh, apologetic remarks, but also uh, uh, to make concrete uh, such things as you know, continuing uh, our petitions to make sure that the doctrines of discovery uh, are rescinded, uh, because that will mean that then we have to look at the civil law uh, much more carefully uh, and work out, uh, you know, appropriate uh, treaty rights and notions of sovereignty that, you know, are still on the table and still are painful to Indigenous peoples in the country. So I think, he sets the ball in motion, but it's really up to what I would call the church as people of God in Canada to move this thing forward.
0: Mark McGowan, thank you so much for your time.
1: You're very welcome.